Hey guys, this is Joya Montano, and this is episode 5 of Droolish. Today is a special podcast. I know it's episode 5, and I said there was going to be crazy stuff episode 8, but I decided to screw it. I dedicating the next 10 hours to go over my top 107 anime. Now, for those of you who are unaware of the podcast, this is a podcast that's focused on sleeping and relaxation. And I wanted to stick with the subject, one subject in hand, so I'm not going to be the most elite anime reviewer. And if you're expecting that, and you're expected to be entertained, please, shoo off. For those of you who are interested, keep listening. Oh, and one more thing. I tend to be long-winded, and I fumble a lot. Word fumble. It's part of the thing for the podcast. Turns out people actually do fall asleep when I talk like this. Coincidentally, that's how I normally talk. All right. Get ready. Sit back. Close your eyes. And enjoy the show. Or podcast. Whatever. And FYI, around the 10-minute mark, I do play some music to get you in the mood of relaxation. It tends to fade away, and rain picks up around the 15-minute mark, and it will continue to the end of the podcast. I think that makes sense. As you're trying to sleep, you want that white noise. Now that you got the gist of the podcast, let's begin. Now, I have to mention there are a few things to keep in mind in regards to these ranks. One, I am not the end-all, be-all of anime ranking. Okay, There are other YouTubers, podcasters, or whoever, like Gigguk or... Super Eye Patch Wolf, or even non-anime people that just like to throw lists, and that's their personal preference. They're not meant to be objective. Everyone has their own subjective taste, and these are my uh, more or less taste. Another item. I am going to include non-completed anime. I know that sounds ridiculous, but please hear me out. For me personally, I believe the ranking should reflect the current you and your current bias. So I'm recording this July 2nd, 2019. I know I have some recency bias. I recently watched my favorite anime, which is the number one, which I will mention very soon. But as I go through the criteria, again, keep in mind, over time, this might change. But for me, I think it's really cool just to just capture this particular moment this time and date of what I liked, because I can guarantee you a year from now, I'll probably probably watch another dozen anime, and I might have a new number one. And that's the great thing about these rankings, is that over time, my biases, my experiences, all that culminates into what I think you know, is my favorite anime. Another thing to keep in mind, is that I have probably overlooked at least a good one or two dozen anime. It took me a good four to six hours, maybe even longer, to come up with this initial list. And I went through myanimelist.net. I went through a poll through my Funimation, through my old adult history, adult swim history. <laughs> no, not adult history. That would be, that'd be very interesting. So after all the time, it took me... Long time to get 107, and I know I forgot a couple. So uh, next time I do the list, I will be sure to remember it, and I will try to remember those later on in the podcast as well. Another item to keep in mind. Ratings are neat, but they're easily 
30 tens in my book. So if you're hoping that I can give like a 10 out of 10 or a 9.9 out of 10, tough luck. That's not going to happen. I strictly created the list, threw it on Google Sheets, and then just dragged my mouse and just listed them manually over a preference, more or less of saying, would I watch this anime over that anime? Now, there are a lot of criteria that are involved with that list. I'll go over that in one second. But I wanted to drive that point home. But if you have a problem, well, that's too bad because this is my podcast and you can always start your own and create your own list. I'll be listening. Why not? And I can already imagine the anime elitists just pointing their finger and just shouting, You are a fraud, Joey. You're not an anime fan. Your top 20 is not even the top 20 critically acclaimed anime that we all have agreed upon. Well, too bad. I'm kind of annoyed by you elitist anime people, to be honest. I like dubs. I like subs. But I ain't gonna crap on people who like dubs. Just Oh, and going back to the point of including non-completed anime, I do want to point out that it's very rare for a quote-unquote non-completed anime that I haven't completed personally to even show up in the top 20 or 30. So... There might be some anime anime where I've only watched three episodes, and they were pretty good, and I found that to be way better than a 22-episode pile of doo-doo. It's pretty standard, so that would naturally be ranked higher. Now, on to criteria. I think I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different criteria points. I think it's valid to at least point these out, so... Some of you can at least understand the reasoning behind why I'm rate, rating certain anime the way they are. My number one criteria point, criteria point is personal feels. It's just how much I enjoyed the anime at that particular time. When I reflect upon it, do I still love it as much as I did? That actually has a big, you know, big weight on whether or not it's ranked high. Uh, it's personal taste as well. Generally, I like to have more sci-fi action, shonen type oriented anime. I'm also a big fan of sports and drama. Artistic style is a pretty big criteria point for me. I want to say big. It would actually be more of a medium uh, criteria point. Uh, a well a well-made anime can look beautiful. It can tell a story very well. Uh, and it doesn't have to have great animation. A few other criteria I'll mention... Characters, generally likable characters, a good character cast that can support either the plot, the storyline, or even just the overall uh, writing quality. It, it, it makes a big difference. I'm a big fan of uh, unique concepts uh, that people really haven't done before, or more of like, I don't want to say original, but just more unique uh, twists, I guess. And one more thing to keep in mind before I dive into the rankings. I will only be counting anime series that has a definitive stopping point. An example of this would be the Dragon Ball series. Most people know Dragon Ball Z, but there was an original Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, of course, Dragon Ball GT, and Dragon Ball Super, which is currently running. I'm going to count those four different series, despite being under one franchise or one brand. There might be some other examples, like 
My Hero Academia, which technically people can say it's the anime, but considering on my anime list, it's separated between seasons. And frankly, this list isn't meant to be taken too taken seriously. So let's move on. Without further ado, here are my top 107 anime. Now, I'm not going to be a jerk and start from number 107 to number one. If you're here, the goal is to get your attention. So we're starting with number one. So number one, Hunter x Hunter, also known as Hunter Hunter for some others. And just one more thing. I'm not going to give a thorough review out of all 106 anime. That would be ridiculous, even beyond my ridiculous standards. However, I'm still going to pull the synopsis and and reviews from other people who have liked the anime series. Some of these reviews are going to be reflective of my thoughts, and down the road I will create other videos and podcasts that will probably go deeper into it. But for the sake of time, let's dive right into it. So, Hunter x Hunter, the 2011 version, not the original version, which I believe was made in 1999. This 2011 version is ranked number five on myanimelist.net, and all of my lists are kept on my anime, well, on this website, I should, I should say. And for the sake of my sanity, there's going to be a lot of word flubs for the next many hours, and I try to edit these videos slightly uh, in case, I don't know, generally my intros are terrible, so I tend to overthink them but hopefully i can get into the stride of things and keep going and for my youtube viewers which i think there's only 10 of you i'm gonna give i'm gonna give time stamps probably for the top 10 and then after that i'm gonna i'm not gonna do anything past that because i know you guys want to get through this um, especially if you're trying to watch a damn video although if you're trying to sleep that wouldn't make much sense anyway hunter x hunter 2011 uh, the overall score that's been given was a 9.12, and personally it's ranked as my number one anime strictly due to the fact that the storyline itself was so know, woven really well. The uh, first few episodes did start out kind of slow, but the story essentially follows uh, our protagonist, Gone Freaks, who's a 12-year-old boy. And uh, I'm just going to read this. <laughs> it's going to be a lot easier. So 12-year-old Gone Freaks... Uh, essentially, he lives in a world of hunters where hunters hunt down animals or uh, they hunt down like certain foods. Go, they go around the world just performing dangerous tasks. And Gon, who's 12 years old, old at the tw- time, he's just determined to be the best hunter. And his dad happens to be some badass level 99 ninja, like, you know, final boss dude. Um, he goes by the name of... Oh, I forgot his name. I'm terrible. Even though it's my number one anime, I'm terrible with names. Um, Gene. Yeah, Gene. So, yeah, Gene's super badass, and Gon's journey starts him out as some happy-go-lucky kid. He wants to be a hunter, dives right into the hunter exam, goes through these little tests early on, meets a couple other people, one guy who's like some edgelord name, uh, Kilowa. I uh, think his family and his whole clan was in was like brutally slaughtered because poachers uh, wanted his eyes, and I, I think they sold it on the black market. I probably should stick to the synopsis versus my memory here, but uh, but 
Gon, does meet uh, Karapika, who's like I said, the badass, uh, Kilawa, who is yes, an assassin, and uh, Leorio, who's kind of like a, I don't want to say a joke character, but he's like a doctor, more of a, more of a good guy. Uh, but uh, to attain their goals and desires, together the four of them make or take the Hunter exam, notorious for its low success rate and high probability of death. Throughout their journey, Gon and his friends embark on an adventure that puts them through many hardships and struggles. They will meet a plethora of monsters, creatures, and characters, all while learning what being a hunter truly means. Yeah, it's 148 episodes, and there are several arcs throughout the series. Uh, my favorite one, if you're interested in the anime, is me pers- personally is uh, the Chimera Chimera arc is pretty solid that would have to be my top one uh, I'm not going to dive too much into that because that involves too many names and people and more storytelling and while I do have nine hours and whatever minutes to go I'd rather just go and talk more about the review portion or what I liked about why it's number one so Number one, personal feels and emotion. Oh, geez, the storytelling. You're really involved with the characters from the start. Uh, what I like to do when I watch most shows, personally, is I pick a character for whatever virtue or characteristic that I like. I just tend to stick with them as a favorite character and see how they progress. So that generally is kind of why I prefer animes or longer animes, and that's why longer animes tend to be higher uh, ranks. So that's what, and that's part of the reason why Hunter X Hunter is number one. Uh, a lot of episodes, but uh, you can get truly involved with the characters and involved in the storylines. As for personal taste, again, Hunter x Hunter has a nice blend of action. It's, uh, it, it, I would call it like a slow burn. It's not like a in, in your face, like, like at face value, like level of a Dragon Ball Z anime, but it has like a lot more deeper uh, like, but like more, the more battles are more strategic, the battle systems are more, more unique, or at least to me, they're unique. Uh, they might not be as sexy compared to big explosions, but uh, to me, they have a little cool. They have a lot of cooler, uh, more, I guess, I, I guess, eye pleasuring uh, moments uh, overall. And yeah, the animation. Super solid uh, in regards to the artistic style. I believe Madhouse made, made it. Uh, as for the plot story, I mentioned that earlier. I'll probably go for that uh, through some other uh, review that will explain it better than I can. Uh, there are all characters. Every character is well written. From Go, the main character, uh, the flow between how each character interacts. That, for me, uh, is a key point of, of like me actually liking the anime. The supporting cast outside of Go and like Kiwa, I find found this growth is super interesting. Uh, all the interactions between uh, Go and Kiwa and how the other side characters or main characters have a certain ebb and flow and when they show up show up in the series and when they come back and how each character kind of either feels remorse or or feels either like they're responsible for not being there at certain times, um, even though it was beyond their control. And and, and you know that's life to an extent is shows for me I, I kind of favor shows that are reflective off life is that you know uh, there are times where the story is mainly around us and 
it might be you and your family and or you and your loved one that might go off into certain adventures or you just might have a career or a goal you want to achieve and you start pursuing that and and your time and dedication can, you know your uh, the main focus is around people or you know the main focus is around you or just the people that are closest to supporting you versus either like the friends you used to hang out with because that's the sacrifice you would make um, so that, I kind of like how that ebb and flow happens where certain storylines involve a different set of characters and the, even though there might be other main characters in the series it's not supposed to be focused around them because that's not the point that's not the point And the overall flow of the show and the concept overall, uh, I, I like it when, especially shows like this one, I don't want to say they have superpowers, but they have more or less superhuman abilities based off of energy, let's just say that, energy abilities, and the, 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 the ability to have unique fights or different types of uh, battles and it's and most of these fights are often like rock paper scissors style versus just having um, you know a who's the strongest contest uh, yeah I, I like the former over the latter so uh, you know those are some of the reasons why like that was just number one and uh, there was a lot of hype going into this anime um, at least for like the anime elitist quote unquote and for me, I bought into the hype. I waited until the dub so my wife and I could watch it. And I watched it week over week as opposed to one binge, which for me, it actually helped a lot with pacing. Uh, and the show did not feel like it was a drag. And I just felt like I just burned through those episodes. Like, I don't know, it felt like it's just one big, like one big blur. And big fan. So those are my reasons. Uh, and those are my top, based, based on those criteria. Now, I'm pulling this review that actually sums up kind of my overall thoughts. Uh, but this guy worked it better. He goes by the name of uh, was it Pressure Pressureism, and he posted this about five years ago, October two, twenty fourteen. Gave it a ten, and this first sentence pretty much sums it up. The lack of popularity surrounding Hunter x Hunter 2011 has always confused me. It has always confused me as well. Because if I were to compare... Um, this is back to the topic. Because if I were to compare Dragon Ball Z, which at the time was like my favorite anime, like, you know, growing up, uh, like high school, like, that's like, you know, oh my god, that's like the, the shooter, you know, all that. And compared to Hunter x Hunter... Like between the storylines, character development, all, all that, like I feel like Hunter Hunter X Hunter beats them in spades, but uh, there's more of I don't want to say a Hollywood effect that that Dragon Ball Z just had more of a popular edge. Uh, could just be more of the dragon, you know, the people actually die. Well, people die in Hunter X Hunter, but uh, Dragon Ball Z just got straight to the points, and I think Hunter X Hunter took a while to get to the to get to the good stuff, and I think that's what kind of uh, what did it plus the whole Dragon Ball Z uh, I don't know I think Hunter x Hunter if this 2011 version of Hunter x Hunter came out around the time I think Dragon Ball Z or Naruto or like whatever one of those like big animes that came out um, that came out around those times uh, it could have been more popular but now as I'm saying that a lot it doesn't make much sense like this okay I'm going back to the original topic here at, at, at hand because I know I jump off topic here but 
Going back to the review. For an anime that seems to do everything right, it isn't talked about a lot at a popular level. Neither has it been successful in gathering and garnering a fan base, similar to what SNK or SAO. Uh, I don't know what SNK is. SAO is Sword Art Online. SNK. Whatever. So, I decided to write this review to show justice. If a show this good is still flying under the radar, or if you are discouraged from watching this because it's a because it's quote unquote childish appearance, then reading this review is a must. And I guess suppose listening to this review is a must. So I, I have to go on. Story. I'm skipping that. I realize I'm 20 minutes in, and I want to get through the top 10 very fast within the first hour. So I'm skipping the story part. Uh, let's see, the amount of variety is impressive. Okay. I'm skipping the synopsis part, but after the story, the amount of variety that is packed into Hunter x Hunter's story is also very impressive. Hunter x Hunter successfully dabbles in several genres in six-story arcs tackling survival, fighting tournaments, crime thriller, virtual realities, war, and politics. Although Hunter initially gives off a lighthearted impression, it gives off, gives off a, a good one. Okay, I gotta stop the word flubs here. Blah. It's gonna work. Not the kind of lightheartedness that makes you say, this is childish and below me, but the kind that appeals to everyone. Hunter x Hunter gives off that classic and charming shonen vibe that has been lost in recent years and it does so with its head held up high. However, what sets the series apart from the other battle anime is its unorthodoxy and unpredictability. Shonen tropes and storytelling methods are undermined throughout the series. The main character, for example, Gon, falls more than... fails more than he succeeds. Power-ups based on emotion or willpower are non-existent and fighting in the series are radically different from other battle anime. The main pro protagonist is not the main focus of every arc either, which personally for me again, super awesome. And I realized I'm 22 minutes in. Gotta skip the rest of the parts. I'm just gonna give one sentence synopsis of each other characteristic that this guy was given. Sound. As for sound, Hunter x Hunter has a lot of great soundtracks that have started off decent, but it has gotten better as the series progressed. Art. It has great art and animation. It amazes me how a long-running series like Hunter x Hunter delivers consistent quality animation episode after episode, especially during fights. Characters. Although Hunter x Hunter's primary strength lies in its writing, its characters are pretty damn close. Negatives. However, while Hunter x Hunter is a great series, it isn't perfect. Yeah, that's it. I'm only reading the first sentence, so... I kid, I'll give you one more sentence. The series doesn't have a strong start. It takes three episodes for the show to get going. That's 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 a true statement. The first three episodes it makes it seem like it's another like it's another cheesy kid show. Luckily it's only three episodes and not like fourteen episodes in or half the series. There are plenty of other anime that take a long time to get going. Uh, Hunter x Hunter, like I said, starts off slow ish, but it picks up fast. Number two. Death Note. I know some of you might be thinking, oh my god, Death Note, that's so 20, 
2000 late or 8. I don't know. Well, here's the thing. At the time I watched it, and when I rewatched it, it's still amazing. The first 14 episodes, I cannot get over how phenomenal those are. So, the fact, I, I, if I could rate those first 14 episodes alone, it would be number one by a mile. But this second half of the series, there is a certain point that it takes, a, it goes down a notch or two from the best thing ever to just pretty darn good. So, it is disappointing certain parts, and that's the part you're supposed to feel. But, yeah, I just love that anime so much. Uh, and the biggest, I guess, the biggest reason why I'm giving it such a high score, obviously, is aside from the personal feels, and it's just the you know great anime in general. It's just uh, it's just well written. Uh, the fir- like, like outside of the first 14 episodes on the whole thing, it's just the whole battle of wits, like you dive straight into the show the, with the concept of of the uh, plot right away. You know, the, the plot, I believe, in the first two minutes is a bright young student. He goes by the name of Light Yagami. I think he's supposed to be the model student. Uh, the opening shot comes in, you see uh, the Death Note book itself fall into the ground, and he just happens to be the guy that picks it up. And he reads the death note, and he goes over the rules, and I think within three minutes, he first laughs at the concepts, and then he just tried it out, and it it worked. Who wouldn't want a death note at that point? I mean, yeah, you are playing with God, or you might as well be God at that point, but that is a free, that is an insane concept, just that alone. So, put it, to put it into anime form, and to have the plot just go straight into it five minutes in it was, it was just for me mad at the time and that already caught my attention uh, you know you didn't have to wait three episodes it wasn't slow uh, I think even it might be the even in the first episode or the second episode like 15 minutes in or 16 minutes in uh, they're already investigating what's going on and they're already trying, trying to figure out who you know who is killing these people or what's going you know, what is actually happening, or if it's even a who. And the whole process of them figuring it out and going back and forth is just awesome. And then the interactions between every character and every potential, uh, like, step you have to take, uh, especially for Light, uh, he's able, you're able to get inside his head and how he's able to analyze situations and how he has to be perceived to not be a suspect. And it, it's super cool, especially if you're a psycho, too. Um, not that I recommend it. <laughs> I don't know why. Okay. Yeah, I, I tend to... I, I, I shouldn't make jokes like that, but man, I just can't help it. But... Going back to the subject. Uh, as for personal taste, this is more on the sci-fi part. It's a sci-fi fantasy suspense thriller, I guess. So it, it hits all of my... It hits, hits all of the uh, check marks. Or strikes them. It's the series itself is twenty five episodes long. I'm going to check right now on my anime list. So you bear with me. Note came out in two thousand six. So yeah, I was in college. I think it was my sophomore year in college. Despite it being my number two favorite anime, it is the most popular anime on my anime list. That's cool. Uh, it they're in fifty fourth. The score of 
y'all crazy. I think I think those I think those people are bitter in the second half. I don't, I don't blame them, but it's really great. It's such such a great anime. So to further dive into the synopsis, um, so with this divine uh, capability of the Death Note, you write the note in and people die. Light decides to extinguish all criminals in order to build a new world where crime does not exist and people worship him as a god. Police, however, quickly discover that a serial killer is targeting criminals and consequently try to apprehend the culprit. To do this, the Japanese investigators count on the assistance of the best detective in the world, a young and eccentric man known by the name of L. For Le Hu Zaher. I should leave that out, but I just can't let an Ace Ventura pet detective reference go unnoticed. And if the anime is not your thing, Death Note has been adapted into a live-action film. I think multiple, but the one that's the most notable might have seen it on Netflix. It's a Netflix movie, so you can get it. If you have Netflix, type in Death Note. You might get the anime and the actual show. People kind of crap on the show, and I hate when people crap on an, like anime adaptations, like live-action adaptations of anime. It's literally... If there, it's literally a director's adaptation of that particular show, show. It's not supposed to be a direct copy of a script. As much as people want that to happen, that's not the point. And if you took the, those movies at face value, like this movie, the Death Note movie on Netflix, you would actually find it to be mediocre. But, but not the pile of poo that people perceive it to be. People perceive it to be like a 2 out of 10 movie when it's really like a 5, maybe 6 out of 10, you know, if you have nothing to do on a Friday night. It's not bad. It's, like I said, mediocre. It's kind of like watching the Detroit Lions play. I would know. I'm a Detroit Lions fan, and we are the definition of mediocre or the epitome of sadness. Whatever. Pick your choice. According to XYLK, Zilk? That, Zilk. Whatever that's According to this guy, his review for Death Note is a pretty good one, so I'm going to share it. The story, it's a unique story. Notebook falls from the sky, and the human who writes a name in it is capable of killing the individual pictured in his mind. There are some additional details I actually mentioned earlier. Anyway, this presents the viewer as a highly debatable theme based on morals and justice. Light Yagami, who retains the power to kill via the Death Note, utilizes it in hopes of creating a utopia in which he is a god. Criminals, and only criminals, are to be punished in hopes of a perfect society. Is this right, however? Is it right to kill individuals who have done wrong and will do wrong again? Can they be reformed? Death Note presents the viewers with questions such as these, questions which cannot be easily answered. This series challenges viewers morals, and for that, it deserves high praise. Characters. Light and L are the most intriguing and intellectual characters I've ever seen in anime. Both characters are geniuses. Okay, they are geniuses. I want to say they're the smartest, but it's just able to uh, understand their minds, so I don't agree with that point, but I, they're pretty smart, though. Very, very, very smart. 
Although they're both geniuses, they each possess that certain something that will make you root for one of them to win the game. Light's charismatic, yet extremely demented character gives you a reason to watch his conquests and failures. Elle's quirky, yet highly intelligent, intelligent qualities does the same for him. They're both unique and likable in their own way. Character development is often also seen, particularly with light as you witness his calm, calculating figure begin to crack into maddening and reckless madness. Sound. Yet another brilliant aspect of Death Note, I truly believe that if not for the soundtrack, this anime would not be where it is. 100% agree. Art in animation. And again, amazingly done. The dark color suits the anime perfectly, and the characters and scenery are all done amazingly well. And this is an anime that was actually made back in, I think, 2005, 2006? So, yeah, 2000, yeah. So it's pretty old and well done. Yeah, 2006, 13, 13 years old. And it looks pretty fresh. The animation just oh, so amazing. Overall, go back to the review. Overall, I was watching the series since it started coming out, and those weeks of waiting killed me. This was how good the anime was. That is actually a very true statement. Like, that statement, I can... I, I agree with that. Watching that week over week at that time is just mind-blowing and capturing, and it was one of those things, too, back then, before binge-watching, where the world did wait a week to actually catch up on, on, on a show. Uh, all the time, and not half the time. You know, yeah, it's Game of Thrones, and some HBO stuff, yeah, you still have to wait, but generally, uh, it just was so rare. Binge-watching wasn't a thing. Uh, it wasn't as prevalent, I should say, without spending a lot of money on VCRs and downloading back then. Barely cable and high-speed was out there, so thank God we live in current year. Number three. Slam Dunk. Now, some of you might have not have heard this. This is probably uh, more of the older crowd that does like anime and that might be an elitist here, but there's someone who just loves sports anime in general. And there's another anime on this list uh, that's ranked lower, and I was actually inspired to watch Slam Dunk based off of uh, the other anime, which is called uh, Kuroko. Kuroko to Basketball. Uh, well, that's the American version. And that'll show up somewhere. Who knows where it will be? That's a surprise. Anyway. Back to Slam Dunk. I was referred to watching Slam Dunk just based off of the fact that I watched Kuroko and I fell in love with the story right away. This It begins following a red-headed big guy uh, generally seen as a bully overall. And if I recall correctly, before I pulled this up on my anime list, uh, he literally ends up joining the basketball team because he wants to impress this one girl. There's no other reason why he joined. He's just a thug, wants to get into this girl pa girl's pants. Uh, and here's the synopsis, pulling it up. Uh, it's Hanamichi uh, Sakuraki. I love this anime, but I still can't pronounce the names. Anyway, uh, our hero, Hanamichi, infamous for his temper, massive fight, and red hair, red, fire red hair, enrolls in Shohaku High. 
hoping to finally get a girlfriend and break his record of being rejected 50 consecutive times in middle school. How do you have so many girls asking you out in middle school? 50 girls? Jeez. I mean, I admire that guy's confidence. Uh, anyway. His notoriety precedes him. However, leading, leading to him being avoided by most students. Soon, after certain events, Hanamichi is left with two unwavering thoughts. One, I hate basketball. Two, I desperately need a girlfriend. I don't know why I had changed his voice twice, but... Let's roll with it. One day, a girl named Raku Akagi, Haruko, Haruko, I can't pronounce that, Haruko, H-A-R-U-K-O, Haruko, Haruko Akagi, ooh, sounds pleasant, Haruko Akagi approaches him without any knowledge of his troublemaking and asks him if he likes basketball. Hadamichi immediately falls head over heels in love with Haruko, learning out a fervent affirmative. I what he yells. I don't know. Some, probably something explicit. She then leads him to a, the gymnasium where she asks him if he can do a slam dunk. In an attempt to impress Haruko, he makes the leap but overshoots, instead slamming his head straight into the backboard. So that guy had initial hops right out of the gate. Man, I wish I had that. When Haruko informs him the basketball team's captain of Hanamichi's near inhuman physical capabilities, he slowly finds himself drawn into the camaraderie and the competition of the sport he had previously ha held resentment for. So yeah, it's, uh, it, like I said, it's a pretty, uh, it, it's a, I don't want to say it's a redemption story, but it's, it's a pretty awesome story following this guy who's just more or less a thug, and he goes from zero, zero ability in the sport to learning you know, the pain of defeat, you know, giving your all, trying your effort into something that could be worthwhile. And, uh, and all he wants to do is just slam the damn ball and like make a difference. And it, it, it goes through the struggles of actually trying to become like useful. And, uh, you know, it, it, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a pretty cool anime. And that's just my, my synopsis, at least that, uh, the biggest reason why I love it personally is, uh, outside of the personal feels, I feel like sports. Uh, I love watching live sports. You know, I feel like sports anime too. It's it's drama. I mean, live sports too is the best drama you can watch. You can't make that stuff up. It's unwritten, and I can show you billions of videos that just make fun of those other rigged videos. Like that's, I mean, you know, these sports aren't rigged. Some of them are with the refs, but like it's not. Uh, these aren't real legit conspiracies. Like, well, anyway. I love watching sports. I love drama in the form of sports. I love drama in the form of movies. And I love drama in the form of anime. And you throw sports into it, I'm all about it. And this was the first... This is an old anime. It came out in 1993. I was going to say in the 70s. It came out in 1993. So the animation is a little bit dated and old. So that is that would be a knock for some of you who are... Uh, probably getting newer into anime you probably would want to watch something that's fresher but as someone who like I said my profile just a 33 year old guy uh, like sports anime just a, uh, I'm a big nerd video games but I also like doing other things just like just like doing things so um, you might be on the same boat if you're just looking to find new anime just something that might pique your interest then and you happen to download this podcast check it out my number three favorite anime and 
uh, it's dubbed for I think the first 70 episodes or I think like the first 80 episodes and then the last like 13 I could not find a dub when I initially watched it and I had to go to the sub uh, the fact that it's number 3 even after I switched to the sub uh, says a lot uh, also the other things I want to include I didn't mention this in my criteria but I do love great endings like if you have a great ending uh, it can elevate at least my perception of the anime from, you know, or it just feels like it's a more complete anime with a really good ending. So, uh, the other two did have phenomenal endings, uh, and Slam Dunk, the whole ending itself was, I can't describe it without spoiling it, but it is, uh, it is great. Yeah, I, oh man, I need to figure out no, 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 no. I'm going to look right now. I'm going to pull some adjectives. You guys are going to learn with me. All right. Great adjective. Without spoiling. I don't want to say anything that gives it away. It was an exquisite... Ooh. Poorish. Let's see. Inventive. I'm looking hubris, insidious, subtle, insolent. These are all like widespread, suspended, injurious, deadly, aromic, laughable, no. Okay, all these are just, none of these are relevant. All I would say is that the ending, it hit me in the feels, man. Like, I don't know, I, I'm a sucker for some of those shows that hit me in the feels. Uh, it means, like, the anime did its job, or the show did its job of entertaining me, and maybe causing some emotion out of it. You know, maybe, maybe you know, a sniffle. You know, like, might, might choke up. <coughs> Just thinking about it. And, oh my god. We are at the 42-minute mark. Is it just me, or is time flying by? If you haven't fallen asleep yet, well, good news. I'm gonna keep trying, so... Another 9 hours and 15 minutes to go. Now, I am thinking, since it is the 42-minute mark, I've only gone through 3. It's been the 8-minute mark since I started, so it's about 14 minutes. 8 to 42, 30, 34 divided by 3, 11 minutes, about 11 minutes, 12 minutes per average. I wanted to get through the 10 by the hour mark. I don't think that's going to happen. Unless if I go through the next seven in about two minutes each. Hmm. I don't think I'll do it justice. So I'm going to probably expand a little bit more. And then my top ten should be done around maybe like the hour and 15 minute mark. I try to condense it to an hour, but hey, sometimes time flies when you're having too much fun helping people catch some Z's. Number four. Hajime no Ippo. I hope I said that right. Hajime no Ippo. This is my number four favorite anime of all time. It's also known as the fighting, or fighting spirit in English. Uh, and I don't think this anime is as big in America as it was, and probably still is, out in uh, Japan. But its popularity currently on my anime list is 318. So... Uh, it's still popular, but not massive, and ranked 31st with a score of 8.79. So, I mean, it is touted very highly, especially for a sports anime. 
and the I'll just go straight into the synopsis and then I'll give my review. So, Mapro uh, Ichi Ippo, and we'll just call him Ippo for short. He Ippo has been uh, bullied his entire life. From the get-go, he's always had trouble making friends. He's helped his he's always helped his mom out. Uh, he's consistently running errands and being beaten up by his classmates. Uh, Ippo has always dreamed of changing himself, but he's never had the passion to act upon it. You know, one day, in the midst of yet another bullying, Ippo is saved by a boxer named Takamura uh, Mamaru, who happens to actually be in the running. He, actually be, he happens to be a legit badass boxer. Ippo faints from his injuries and is brought to the Kamigawa Boxing Gym to recover. As he regains consciousness, he is awed and amazed at his new surroundings in the gym. Though lacks confidence to attempt anything, Takamura places photo. Oh, sorry, Takamura places a photo of Ippo's classmate, classmate on a punching bag and forces him to punch it. It is only then feels something stir inside him and eventually asks Takamura to take him into boxing. Thinking that Ippo does not have what it takes. Takamura gives him a task deemed impossible and gives him one week to complete it. With a sudden desire to get stronger for himself and his hard-working mother, Ippo trains relentlessly to accomplish the task within the time limit. Thus, Ippo's journey to become a professional boxing boxer begins. This is this anime itself. Personal feels, all of this. Uh, they, uh, like, if it wasn't for Slam Dunk's ending, I would say, edges out uh, Ippo's anime. So, that's that's the key. It's like that... I don't know, they're both so good. Uh, I, I, yeah, just so you know, the top six out of the gate, if you were to swap them in any order, I probably wouldn't complain at all. But that tier, the, those are all almost equal, and they're only smidges different. So, it's not like if I had to give them scores, if I had to, it'd be like I don't know, like 10.00001, you know, like it's it's so tiny. The, the, they're minuscule. But Hijime uh, no Ippo, it's, it's really great to have an, an underdog story. Uh, Slam Dunk, it was just more of like a big guy who just found, more or less found his calling, where Hijime, he was, or Ippo, he, he was just a schmuck. Like, he made fun of most of his whole life. He took it. He was focused on helping his mom. Um, you know, he happened to build his... He happened to have, like, a boxer's physique, more or less, for, built for fighting, just based off of his uh, his years of working and the fact that he was always getting beat up. He actually was pretty... Uh, ended up being pretty uh, tenacious, uh, at, at least initially when he started out. And to follow his journey from complete schmuck and his initial fights... Uh, would be exactly as if it would almost mimic me fighting uh, early on. Like, it, you know, he was, he was that bad. And those types of shows where the underdog really tries hard uh, to work his way up. And it follows him from nothing boxer all the way through the ranks, through, like, Japan and so on. And I don't want to give away, like, all the spoilers. Obviously, he does become... Um, a badass. I can't say if he wins championships or not because the anime or the manga, which is the, the actual, I think of it as comics if you're unfamiliar with it, but like it's, it's the Japanese version of comics. Just the, the bastardized version, I should say. Uh, my, my bastardized definition of it. 
And if the manga is still going, then the anime, if they're still creating the anime itself, then uh, then that's perfect. And the one caveat I would say is the, the Hijime no Ippo. I'm only counting the first name, like 72 episodes. Uh, and and anything outside of that, I would consider those separate anime. Makes it. Uh, and I probably didn't not watch both of them yet, so uh, so I'm sticking with this main one. And personal taste again, sports anime. It's got a lot of drama. Each fight has its own unique twist of potentially uh, an opponent that might have a special ability, and it's not a and it's not an absurd like Dragon Ball Z ability, you know, where people can like have exploding fists. It's more of a tactical advantage or a style, and uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty awesome to see how Ippo who's, who is always an underdog because he starts off as like a one trick pony, uh, turns into a, into a complete boxer, and over time, you know, the stuff that he makes mistakes off of ends up benefiting him as a as an experienced fighter. Um, down the road, and you get to see the change, um, how he goes from newbie to potentially you know, a beast. The artistic style and animation, even back then, uh, the anime came out in 19, oh, 2000? Wow, I didn't know. It came out in 2000. October 4, 2000. Uh, it looks kind of dated initially. It, like it's kind of I don't want to say it's rough, it's not bad. Um, but the, the fighting sequences and, act and the action fights, like boxing matches itself, uh, are just done amazingly. The sound quality, uh, you could, you're able to feel, if not even, you could see and probably hear the punches and feel it, uh, based off of, like, the visuals and the sound effects, they are just so crisp. And you see pretty much all of his fights, too. So, 75 episodes, and I think he goes through, like, 20 fights, uh, maybe less, maybe fewer than that. But, uh, it follows his career. It's a great show, and I don't think I'm going to go over the review the review here uh, because for time constraints, I want to get through 106 within the 10 hours. And looking through the math, I would be going probably about 13 hours, which I could have, I could do two specials, but that defies the whole purpose of me saying trying to get it all done in one episode. So. Commitments. Number five. Code Geass. I'm speaking for the main ant, like the main first two seasons, I believe. That there's like a no Lelouch and a re relaunch, whatever. Um, Code Geass, the first two seasons, the way I see it, those two seasons are so close together. Uh, I'm counting it as one. Both seasons uh, combined are, have about 50 episodes. And uh, the background, according to my anime list, which was popularity 11, rank 33, score of 8.77, so it's pretty popular. Uh, and, yeah, like a beast of a show. In the year 2010, the Holy Empire of Britannica is establishing itself as a dominant military nation, starting with the conquest of Japan. Renamed to Area 11 after its swift defeat, Japan has seen significant resistance against these tyrants in an attempt to gain independence. Independence. Yeah, I'd be pretty annoyed, too, if my country got named from the United States of America to basic B number generic X. I don't want to be no number. Although we're all numbers. At some, at, at some capacity, in someone else's perception, we're just a number. I mean, 
you pull up us uh, you pull up your freaking cell phone and you look at someone's post online and heck even the voice that you're hearing on the phone or on youtube until you see me face to face i'm just a voice I'm, i've just been a pixel in your life How how's that for perspective and vice versa switch it around whoa 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 okay en- enough deep thoughts back to back to uh code yes lelouch lamprug i know i said that name wrong i'll roll on with it though lelouch love that name um is a is a Britannian student unfortunately finds himself caught in the crossfire between a, a Britannian, oh, oh, between the Britannian and the Area 11 Rebel Armed Forces. He is able to escape, however, thanks to the timely appearance of a mysterious grenade girl named Cece, who bestows upon him Gias, the power of kings, also known as that. Realizing the vast potential of his newfound power of absolute obedience, Belouche embarks upon a perilous journey as the masked vigilante known as Zero, leading a merciless onslaught against Britannia in order to get revenge once and for all. So, I consider this a pretty nifty anime in a sense where this is another anime that had a lot of hype going into it from what I've heard. I'm not a big fan of mecha anime. I feel like mecha animes, they're just, I don't know, I just don't feel like a connection to it. Now, with sports, it's drama, it's great. Having a heavy human element in mecha anime, I guess, quote-unquote, um, does appeal to me. So, Code Geass, rock solid. Uh, I wouldn't even call it a mecha anime, but it is. So, I'm just going to read a couple reviews behind it. Uh, generally, for me, just personally, the storyline was very awesome. The um, it was I like the more, more or less mind battles between Lelouch, um, who tries to play the vigilante and a student, be like the... The Britannian student, uh, while being rebe- while being a rebel against it, so um, and he more or less is often battled against his good friend. Um, so that dynamic is pretty interesting, and uh, it almost it has like a essence of Death Note to it too. It's it, it's not as uh, apocalyptic, I would say, as Death Note. Although Death Note really isn't, but it felt that way. Uh, whereas this Code Geass has um, I don't know. Things like storytelling, I just love more of the cliff notes, or the, like the dropping points. Uh, you're always kind of left in mystery. Um, in some of Lelouch's strategies, you can kind of um, you can kind of get inside his head and, and his moral compass and where he lies and the ambiguities that go in between it and whether or not he's going to go one direction or the other. Number six, Samurai Champloo. Alright, so I am probably going to play 70 Jobbies, just because that opening sequence of Samurai Shampoo is probably like my top three of all time. Uh, uh, Nujabes or Nujabes? Uh, I'm going to, no, I'm going to learn this after a quick pause and Google. It's pronounced uh, Nujabes. Yeah, Nujabes. Nujabes. Bez. Nujabes. I love Nujabes. It's a, uh, he is phenomenal Japanese artist. Uh, at least to me, he blends a lot of hip-hop with more of what you would see now these days of more of like chill um, lo-fi music. But uh, the soundtrack for Samurai Shampoo, uh, hands down, probably even just earned a, a couple points on its own, just on that merit. But uh, in conjunction with the storytelling throughout, I believe, the 24-episode series, the story goes like this. 
Fu Kazumi is a young and clumsy waitress who spends most of her days peacefully working in a small tea house. That is until one day she accidentally spills drink all over one of her customers. With a group of samurai now incessantly uh, harassing her, she desperately calls upon another samurai to help her out. Mugit, who happens to be one of the people who decides to help, quickly defeats them uh, with his unorthodox wild fighting techniques, uh, very similar to like break dancing or more, you know, more of street fighting, uh, but pretty cool, cool style. Unfortunately, uh, Mugit decides to pick a fight with an unwilling Ronin Jean who wields a more precise and traditional style of sword fighting and comes from a more classical background uh, that latter proves to be a formidable opponent. The only problem is that while they both are fighting, they end up destroying the entire shop as well as accidentally killing the local magistrate's son. For their crime, the two samurai are captured and are set to be executed. They are rescued by Fu, who hires the duo to be her bodyguards. Though she is no longer has a place to return to, the former waitress wishes to find a certain samurai who smells of sunflowers and enlists the help of the now exonerated pair to do so. Despite initially disapproving of this idea, the two eventually agree to assist the girl on her quest. Thus, the duo embark on upon, upon an adventure to find this mysterious warrior, that is, if Fu could keep Mugen and Jin from killing each other. To set in an alternate Edo period of Japan, Shampai, Samurai Shampoo follows the journey of these three eccentric individuals in an epic quest full of action, comedy, dynamic sport fighting, all set to the beat of a unique hip-hop-infused soundtrack. It's a very interesting synopsis that uh, my, am- my anime list, list gave it. Considering uh, this is an 8.5, ranked 104 on it, my anime list, its popularity is only 69. I find that uh, interesting, considering that... I need to add this to my list. Uh, I'm not even signed in. Lame. Considering that the show aired around Adult Swim around the time where it seemed like at least for me that people that are still watching anime that was like peak, peak popularity at least on TV when it was coming into the mainstream like for the adults were, that were like more accepting of it back in like the Pokemon days uh, I thought this would be like a top 10 popularity but hey you learn something new every day I, I don't know so, you know that was wrong but it's not as popular as I thought but it should but to me it's really worth a watch I is it crazy to say that Samurai Shampoo just might be just overhyped and underrated at the same time? That's like that's a, that's a paradoxical. No, no, that's a, that's an idiocy, idiocy. But okay, no more. Enough rants aside. I love the show mainly because at the time it was a great journey to watch. Uh, just, just three more or less no bad no, nomads just trying to just go through life. Uh, just. Random adventure by random adventure, just all all at the same time, forming a, a bond and becoming friends. And a mix of action, and it feels more of like a slice of life at the same time. It, it's easy just to connect with with all characters, and and it's just a fun anime to watch. Honestly, there's there's there is a bit of a nostalgia in that, and I am giving I am giving it bonus points mainly because of that, but that does not take away from the fact that it is a great anime and if like I said this is my personal preference it might be your personal preference too worth checking out uh, at least for the definitely worth checking out at least like four or five episodes to see if you like it 
number seven. Now, before I dive into number seven, I do want to call out that the first six were my personal best of the best. Like, that tier is set. A couple, there could be more that could sneak in over time, and I would love to have that, but I wanted to find that baseline. Uh, the The next tier, all super amazing anime, and the only reason why they're not at the top, top is tier is because I can't have 50 all-time favorites. I at least want to give some level of tier. Um, these are still all 10 out of 10 anime easily. So back to number 7. Number 7, Bakano. This is probably my favorite one-off anime that has less than, I think, 25 episodes. I can't do the description justice without reading it from my anime list. But if I can give it the high concept, Kabakano feels like Quentin Tino wrote an anime done right. It's like the elements of Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction just infused with anime. And then some awesome storytelling, the Quentin Tarantino style, I would feel. So that's just my initial impression of it. Obviously, I don't think the show is influenced by him, but that's just the feel. So, pulling up the synopsis right now, it is... We'll give you a background, at least the overall ratings. It's number six for me, personally. Popularity is a 93rd. That's the most popular anime. That's more popular than I imagined, at least. Ranked 125th with a score of 8.46, so it is still a rock-solid anime. Uh, At least according to the general crowd background involves uh, goes goes like this. So, During the early 1930s in Chicago, the transcontinental train, Flying Pussycat, is starting its legendary journey that will leave a trail of blood all over the country. At the same time in New York, the ambitious scientist Zlad I am not going to pronounce that one. Um, but the ambitious scientist, I'll call him Lizard for short, or Slizzard, and his unwilling aide, Ennis, are looking for missing bottles of immortality elixir. So yes, there are essentially a bunch of people that are immortal because they more or less drink an elixir. And it kind of follows the story of some of these individuals and some individuals that aren't in, aren't immortal. So uh, it feels like a 1920s, obviously it's 1930s, like the burlesque style uh, plot, storyline-driven thing, and uh, it's based off of the award-winning light novels of the same name, Bacano. It follows several events that initially seem unrelated, both in time and place, but are part of a much bigger story, one of alchemy, survival, and immortality. Merging these events together are the kind-hearted would-be thieves, Isaac and Miria, connecting various people all of them to their own hidden ambitions and agendas and creating lifelong bonds and consequences for everyone involved. Uh, the reason why I just love this show and anime so much, uh, and it looks like uh, I had no choice but to be awesome, because it looked like it was based off of an award-winning light novel series with the same title, and it adopted the first four novels. So it's more or less just pretty much throwing Game of Thrones, creating Game of Thrones. Like, awesome material, just put production value into it, and it'll be successful. So, 
that seemed like this seems like this was the kind of show it was being. The overall episodes that were aired, 13. So it was a very short series. Uh, I thought it was 12. 13 episodes total. And it's, like I said, it's very tough for an anime, at least for me. The shorter the anime, the harder it is for me to rank it top X, whatever. Uh, it's very possible down the road, like 20 years from now, uh, I might think of Bacano more in, in, in a more positive light. To be out to be in the top six, one reviewer called the Critics Club gave a pretty thorough analysis. Although gave the overall rating of nine, the review itself is very uh, accurate of kind of what I feel about the story, what the what I would say if I could actually write. So every so often, an enemy comes along that isn't afraid to challenge the conventions conventions that were by which the story is told. Too often, despite being noteworthy or groundbreaking, these shows could fail due to poor animation, lackluster characters, or a marked failure in plot development. In other words, they get so caught up in being unconventional that they sacrifice the other, more important aspects. Thankfully, Bacchano is not one of those. In regards to animation, Bacchano maintains a very high standard of animation throughout its entirety. The level of quality... It has been top tier throughout the length of the show, especially during the animation sequences. Uh, credit, uh, sorry, give credit where credit is due. Uh, sound, Bakuno opens with the excellent and very appropriate, and very appropriate for the setting track, Guns N' Roses by Paradise Launch. The jazzy theme of the OP fits perfectly against the backdrop of the 1930s America, which is the majority of the show is set, in which the majority of the show is set. This jazz theme music continues throughout its entirety of the show and adds a certain authentic flavor which is often lacking in other shows. Definitely love the consistency, 100% agree with that. Another area where Bacchano excelled in was the voice acting. The talented VAs for each role managed to breathe life and individuality into the large and diverse cast set of characters. As for the characters themselves, from the marvelously hilarious Isaac Dane and uh, Miria Harvent. I just know them as Isaac and Miria, personally. And they are easy, my, t- my two favorite characters on that show. Love them, love them. Super charismatic, they love to talk. I always imagine my wife and I kind of being like that eventually, just traveling the world, hopefully being immortal, and just going on crazy adventures of mass homicide on trains. That's a joke, folks because it's part of the anime. Moving on. The story itself is pretty straightforward. Usually, it is the style in which the story is told that receives the most attention. Bakuno adopts a non-sequential storytelling style. While this might not be anything new, that's why I kind of mentioned the Quentin Tarantino, it has... it adds an element of enjoyment by removing the need for the universally uh, derided downtime episodes. Bakuno has multiple individual storylines, all of which intertwine into a larger story. At first, the events of characters may seem confusing, but once you pass the initial surprise of leaping feet first into the middle of the story, you find yourself immersed into an unusual, fast-paced, and entertaining style of storytelling that whets your appetite for more. Overall, Bakuno does mix a nice, mix, uh, does have a nice mix of comedy, drama, and action. And for me. I love those three. It keeps hitting more of those check marks. The higher it, higher it goes. Uh, for me, again, 
Definitely deserves another watch. I should rewatch that. Probably would want to circle back, and it could move up. Might move down. But for now, let's just crystallize this ranking and circle back to it another day. Number eight. Ping Pong the Animation. So this sounds completely out of left field, I would imagine, most of you. But I happen to run into this particular anime on the Funimation stream uh, a few years ago. And its score currently is 8.64, which puts it up to number 59, which at the time when I looked at it, I did not know it was that high. Uh, unfortunately, for most of you, this is why it's going to come to a surprise, it's not popular at all, but the popularity what number of 552, so it's not even like the top 500 most popular anime. And I... Again, this is actually, this is the shortest one that's this high. Wow, I actually surprised myself. This one's 11 episodes long. And the reason why I give this such high ratings, or such a high rank, is, aside from the personal feels, it's, it follows the story of two aspiring ping-pong kids who want to be professionals in their journey to become great. And... I wouldn't say it actually even follows two people. It follows more or less a variety of different ping pong athletes and their their philosophies regarding the sport, the sacrifices that certain people make in order to become champions, their their life stories, what's going on in their lives. Uh, it's just a very uniquely done anime, and the animation is terrible. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, it's, it's terrible in a sense of it was a very low-budget anime, but it was just done so artistically uh, beautiful, at least to me, knowing that it felt like the budget was so cheap, but they had to find creative ways to, to do storytelling. And that type of uniqueness and pacing uh, adds an element of engagement, at least when I watch it. So when... A story is being told between, say, a protagonist and an antagonist, or you're watching a ping pong match. It's not so much that the match itself is a, you know, is worth watching. It's the stories behind it. So to give a synopsis around the show, more or less, besides the reason why I like it, is um, I'll just dive into it. The hero comes. The hero comes. The hero comes. Chant these words in your mind. And I'll surely come to you. This mantra is what Makano Tsukamoto repeats as a source of motivation when he fights through the stress of not only grueling ping pong matches, but also in situations of his life. Makano doesn't fight alone. He and his friend Yugata Hashino, nicknamed Smile, and Pico, respectively, are two boys who have grown up ping playing ping pong together nearly every day. Pico, brimming with confidence, and shown in the anime, he kind of has like a is it bowl haircut, something like that. So, you know, Pico, brimming with confidence, aims to be the best table tennis player in the world. Smile, on the other hand, shows little ambition. Nevertheless, the two are always stuck together with a bond built upon the mutual love of the sport. Every year, students from all across Japan gather for the inter-high table tennis competition to achieve national and international stardom. Through intense training and competition, only the best persevere. From the Advent Guard director of Tatami Galaxy? Uh, um, ping Pong the Animation serves the tale of ambition and 
which its fair share of bumps along the way, which which has its fair share of bumps along the way. Whatever the odds, Pico and Smile will face them together. And I happen to win uh, Animation of the Year um, in the television category in the Tokyo Anime F what Film Festival, Tokyo Anime Award Festival in 2015. This is news to me. I'm d I'm just reading the background. So if I'm hyping this more higher up, this is like this actually gives it more praise than I anticipated. But um, loved this series, and it's hard for me to give away too much of the show because it is 11 episodes. And I notice a lot of people on here are giving it between giving it ratings between nine and ten. And I feel like a lot of these nines are mainly due to the fact that it's 11 episodes, and if it only had a few more, it might have just been a 10 across the board. Number 9. Stein's Gate. This is Stein's, then semicolon, Gate. Feels like it's one word. This is a mind F of an anime. If you love time travel or sci-fi or just weirdness, or just, just having your mind blown, this is time travel done right for a show and I don't want to dive into the 20 hour de detailed discussion of what they've done right or wrong with the time travel quantum physics yada 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 there's 20 different YouTube channels on that just go look there what I want to what, what I want to talk about is how they're able to entwine storytelling and so many elements of time travel picking up pieces um, between certain time lines and theories and I don't know whether or not it's true or not I actually have heard not too much flack about that like the time whatever and I actually should not give too many props for its you know it's, it's sci-fi so I mean the plot itself is pretty cool but uh, the personal feels I don't know it's there, there's a lot of uh, personal personal preferences that I like in regards to the specific genre, which is time travel overall. And I don't think I'm going to be doing this justice by explaining why I love the show, especially since it's been like four or five years since I watched it. The self-proclaimed mad scientist, Ritaro Okabe, rents out a room in a rickety old building in Akihabara, where he indulges himself in his hobby of inventing perspective future gadgets with fellow lab members Meru Shinra his airheaded childhood friend and Ishida Itaru a perverted hacker nicknamed Daru. The three pass the time by tinkering with their most promising contraption yet, the machine dubbed Bone Microwave which performs the strange function of morphing bananas into green piles of gel. Though Marticulous in itself, or, or miraculous in itself, the phenomenon doesn't provide anything concrete in Okabe's search for a scientific breakthrough. That is, until the lab members are spurred into action by a, springs, by a string of mysterious happenings before stumbling and unexpected success. The phone microwave can send emails to the past, altering the flow of history. Adapted from the critically acclaimed visual novel by 5PB and blah 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 blah, um, Stein's Gate takes opening through Okabe, Okabe through the depths of scientific theory and practicality. Forced across the diverging threads of past and present, Okabe must shoulder the burdens that come, that come with holding the key to the realm of time. So there you have it. This guy can send text to the past, and if the person reads the past legitimately, accordingly, 
it alters the future, and it starts to go through all these timelines, and it is insane. Again, this is my number nine anime. Popularity is number seven, so you're pretty sure you, if you're in the anime realm, you might have heard of it, and if you have not, this is something you need to watch. Because I'm a guy on the internet, you have to listen to me. This is ranked number three, with a score of 9.13. This is a beast of a show. Almost universally loved, universally watched, at least in the anime community. Definitely check it out. And I'm not even at the best part, guys. We're going to go through a, re- a review, because I cannot... It would take me like 12 hours to even try to write a decent review on this anime. So I cannot give this review justice, which is fine, because you guys can listen to me and fall asleep. Quiet, dash, quiet, dash, uh, writes a review saying, No one knows what the future holds. That's why its potential is infinite. Quoting Okabe Rintori. Such a powerful quote. From an anime, at least just as powerful. It's one of many wise quotes featured in an excellent time-traveling tale called Steins Gate. It is a story praised by many, and I think the show is definitely worthy of all the praise. Hey, me too! It's excellent. It's an excellent piece of work. Steins Gate is, in essence, a unique anime. There's not a single show that i found to be comparable to Steins Gate. But why does everyone think Steins Gate is such a masterpiece? Story. He gives me a score. I'm not going to reveal it. Story. Steins Gate is about Okabe Rintaro. Rintaro. I'm going to call him Okabe for short. Yeah. A mad scientist who spends his time hanging out in his laboratory with his friends. And that story is actually pulled from the synopsis, so I'm not saying it again. Art. That is a field in which Steinsgate likes the most. Steinsgate isn't a show with a huge budget, and therefore it is to be expected that the start that, that the art isn't jaw-dropping. Although personally me. Actually I disagree with that. I actually thought the art was pretty solid. I mean it wasn't like world 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 class, but I thought it was pretty darn good that conveyed what it needed to convey. So I mean I thought it was great. Uh, anyway. anyway. Sound. Amazing voice acting, nice opening, decent BGM. There were quite some moments where I think there could have been made better use of background music, which is why it misses out on a perfect score here. Nevertheless, very solid. Characters. What can I say? The characterization in this one is just fantastic. The characters are written in such a way that you are bound to like them. They all have their own unique, likable, and recognizable traits which are perfectly described from the start. Nakasi is the Sandre. I can't pronounce it, and I'll probably take time to learn that anyway. Daru is the nerd, and Miryu, yeah, Maru is the childish girl, and so on. I thought myself having a weak spot for uh, Kirisu in no time. There's hardly any character development, but I think that is not necessarily a bad thing. It is only to distract from the fantastic plot that is ahead of the viewer. The only character which logically so develops is Okabe. You'll find him changing in character over the course of the episodes due to the events that unfold. And I can stop, I'll stop right there because um, it talks about the enjoyment. And it just, depending on who you ask, the show can start out slow-ish. The pacing is kind of slow. 
at times. But if you're just interested in, if if you want to be easily amused, you're not going to like the show because you're going to have to wait more than one episode to get to it. But if you could just immerse yourself into an anime and give it more than just the initial 10-minute first impression, you will find yourself loving this show. It'll be like an amazing thrill. It is an amazing thriller. Even though it's 24 episodes, what, 20, 20 minutes each. That's the equivalent of like eight movie. It's like an eight-movie series. Or, no, I take that back. So it'll be six, three episodes, 60 minutes. About 65, 70 minutes. Do two of them. Two of them. Six episodes. Yeah, you get more or less. Yeah, like three or four movies out of it. Three or four movies worth. That's not bad at all. Um, yeah, three or four movies worth of like top tier anime quality. So like if you're in, so if you like. Harry Potter or Game of Thrones or all those shows that have that are more or less movies. Like, I don't know. I just consider this among that top tier quality of show. Number ten. Fun fact: I plan on having my top ten to be thirty minutes long, and I'm an hour and thirty minutes in. So doing the math, if I did ten in an hour and thirty minutes, and I was trying to condense it, I need to speed this up. So, good news, everyone that managed to get to this point. I'm going to pick up the pace. Number 10. Agrosuko. How did this furry little red panda sniff number 10? That is a question even I would like to know, because I did legitimately put it as 10. So, as for the personal feels... I think this one strikes a chord to me so well. I think a show like this, if you like a show such as The Office or you love the cult classic Office Space or maybe anything just Mike Judge in general, Agrisuko is a very relatable show, very, especially rela- very relatable if you're a female in the office work environment, the workspace, but it goes through the adventures of a red panda um, most people confuse her as a fox but a red panda named Retsuko and follows her daily adventures with her co-workers and what she deals with on a day-to-day basis and there have been two seasons that have come out that have came out and I believe there is a there was like a sh- animated short that was else that, that was created uh, before the Netflix version and when I speak about Agrisuko I'm talking specifically about the Netflix version this anime just strikes a chord with me. I can't explain really too much more why. It just does. Maybe my wife, she relates to it a lot more as well. So when her and I watch it, we feel like we're kind of just... Or her. Uh, the dynamic between when she's just a cute little panda turns into a raging fox. It's such a hilarious gimmick. I mean, you can't ignore that. and You always just find yourself rooting for her. And, and I guess to a lesser extent, I always kind of see me rooting for myself when I watch her and uh, yeah that sounds super corny but uh, but aside from those personal feels the the personal taste it's a very it's a very interesting comedy mixed with like an adult slice of life mixed with just realism 
it's it's very, I don't know, it, it's just, uh, it's something that I haven't seen too much, and it's, even some people might not even consider Akrosuko an anime, it's just like a cartoon, but it is a product of, uh, I think Sanro, the people who created uh, Hello Kitty, are the, pe- are, are the same people that created Akrosuko, so definitely a, a cool twist that they've done uh, with the brand, or at least with this show. As for the plot and story, it's all office settings. I stop, I, I can't stand the office world, and that's one of the biggest reasons why I started this podcast is that I've been doing a lot of contract work, and I do a lot of marketing consulting, and, and I'm at the point where I can spend time focusing on improving my craft, either in podcasting or comedy or doing other things. As for the characters, I just also like the fact that the show is what it is. It's just more or less people, but they're just showing up as animals in animal form. It's not like BoJack Horseman in the sense of you see the animals, you know, people are more or less animals, but they kind of play into their animal traits. Um, in Agrosuko's world, or Retsuko's world, people are just, are the animals are more or less people, and Everyone is more or less defined by how they are perceiving their se- themselves or dealing with like their personal securities or insecurities in the workplace. The concept or uniqueness isn't the concept isn't out of the ordinary. There have been other like parody shows or shows that kind of uh, make fun of office life. Uh, the uniqueness for me, I think, is just the twist of I guess the cuteness in it and I don't want to say the cuteness is a selling point but I think it's the cuteness blended into the harsh real world is what I think drives for me my personal like taste of like dirtiness like I don't know I, I, I like my comedy I like, I like dark humor a little bit and Agrisuko kind of just twists a little bit of realism like just twist that knife into the gut and just says hey hey you know you're still alive like this is the real world just might be a cartoon form, but just don't don't slack off. Don't force yourself to go back to the job you hate. So, so there you have it. The top ten took about an hour longer than I anticipated, but that's okay. We'll get there. One show at a time. The good news is, I got 96 more to go. And only eight and a half hours. So now I have to actually bust my ass to get through these other 96 I think I'm going to go mad. Times like this, I do wish I had a co-host. But if I had a co-host, then I wouldn't be able to spend all my time talking to myself and practicing my outer inner monologue. If that made any sense. Number 11. Dragon Ball. Not the Dragon Ball Z. I'm counting Dragon Ball. Not many people have really heard of Dragon Ball, at least those who are not really in the anime community, or those who are probably a little bit newer to the community that might have been inspired just by Dragon Ball Z. What Dragon Ball offers, compared to what Dragon Ball Z doesn't, is Dragon Ball is more of a slice-of-life slash like growth type of anime that follows Goku from a kid up until he's about a young adult, whereas Dragon Ball Z, which I'll dive more into later, uh, focuses focuses on like the fighting, the ridiculous adventures, the cast. There's a lot of stuff that's going on there that makes it pretty awesome. For Dragon Ball specifically, what I really like specifically about Dragon Ball 
is it follows Goku when he was a young boy. It gives him like his point of origins initially. Uh, and I would say it added like a nice sense of mystique of who Goku was. Obviously, if you're going in to watching Dragon Ball, knowing what happens in Dragon Ball Z and everything else, you know, it kind of ru- ruins the fun of the show a little bit. But if you're going into it fresh, uh, you know, with fresh eyes, I would say you would probably enjoy the anime as a more of a, as a simple, funny, adventurous type of show that doesn't take itself too seriously, but it can be serious at times. And a little bit as part of that is the nostalgia, but I think the overall like character development, the cast of the show, specifically uh, Goku's growth and the overall types of arcs that they've had, uh, fit so seamlessly. And like I said, big fan. That's the, the biggest reasons why I would actually put it on top of some other uh, anime, especially uh, the other later parts of the series. But that's not to say the other other uh, series like Dragon Ball Z or or Super is terrible by any means. No, GT, yes. But the other ones, uh, no, they're they're great on their own. Oddly enough. My anime list only has given them an 8.13 score, which is not terrible, but that is good enough for a rank of, get this, 414. So, top popularity, it does reach the top 100, like, a, literally at the number 100 spot on my anime list. So, it's not that well received compared to its other predecessors, or, you know, its, it's uh, other people, other shows. English, bad. But, uh, again, this is just more of a personal preference one, and if you haven't watched it, I highly recommend it. If you don't take the show too seriously, it is a blast. I think it is 153 episodes, so it's about 50 or 100 episodes fewer than the Dragon Ball Z uh, follow-up series. For the characters, everyone is, everyone already knows the characters, Goku's kind of like a badass, you meet Bulma, you turn, you know, find out she's an actual badass for her own, uh, like tech gear, she knows all this technology, she can find like the Dragon Balls that grants wishes, yada yada yada, I'm not going to dive too much deeper into that, um, the, at the time, the concept and uniqueness, I probably would have given it actually a higher score had I watched this, uh, in real time in, real life, like back in middle school. I believe I watched this in middle school. So, uh, But since I watched Dragon Ball Z, it's hard for me to even comprehend like how much I really would have loved this show uh, without it, or, you know, without knowing Dragon Ball Z, but overall, again, great show. It's definitely older for the artistic style, and I could see how that might turn off a lot of people. And I'm just going to click over a review that as usual, best describes kind of what I think of the show. And this guy is pretty... Sh- this guy's on point. He goes by the name of Happy Harry Hardon. <laughs> he writes, uh, you know, he uses a 10. Uh, feel free to look at this on my anime list. Uh, there won't be an in-depth review because everyone knows about Dragon Ball and its influence, and there are already numerous reviews written about it. Uh, this will just give you an idea whether or not you should watch it for those who haven't yet. Dragon Ball undeservedly doesn't receive the same attention as its more popular sequel. The Dragon Ball series does receive a lot of flack for being really repetitive, 
for its unnecessarily long fight sequences, and it's really unfair to compare the franchise to what the shonen genre has become today, because people tend to overlook Dragon Ball. It goes over a lot of things about the story, which I mentioned. Characters. Goku might come off as one-dimensional since he was the very first traditional shonen hero archetypes. But the more you watch the show, you realize he isn't just some stupid and strong fighter. The rest of the cast uh, does move with the plot, and and this is not really well written. Or maybe I'm not reading it right. The rest of the cast move the plot along pretty well, with some of them playing major roles. Which is a shame, really, because in the sequels, they basically serve no meaningful purpose. Not in the story, or with the fighting. Okay, I'm not a fan of adding that part of the review. But... I really don't want to edit, it, edit this part out, and this is 10 hours, so read it. Overall, with this enjoyment, a classic that will forever be in the shadow of its sequel that manages to be fun from start to finish. Despite a few hiccups in the animation, Dragon Ball is a truly remarkable and fun show to watch. It's long, it's long but never stops being entertaining. If for some unexplainable reason you have yet to watch the Dragon Ball franchise, this is the perfect place to start. And I agree. If you want the fights and everything else, yeah, I would just say Dragon Ball Z. But if you're someone who actually wants to embrace it, a pretty good series as a whole, of following some kid's life into becoming an ultra badass, then Naruto is good for you. But no, uh, no, watch the Dragon Ball. Watch Dragon Ball. Number twelve, Kenichi, the Mightiest Disciple. So I'm going to pull this up on my anime list, and while I'm pulling it up. I want to say this is probably my favorite anime that just blew my expectations from start to finish. Uh, I probably would rank it a little bit higher had there, had there been probably at least 50 to 100 more episodes, which sounds ridiculous, I know, but with the series that has about 50 episodes, uh, has a 50 episode length, and the amount of action what am I talking about? I just need to dive into the synopsis before I go. Kenichi, the mightiest disciple. It's about a young boy, or maybe a teenage boy. Uh, also known, he goes by the name of Weak Legs. Uh, Kenichi Shirahima. Uh, Shirahima. Hirama. Shirahama. Kenichi Shirahama. As you can tell, my Japanese pronunciations are terrible. Anyway. Kenichi Shirahama would rather spend his time reading self-improvement books and fighting. However, when he finally works up the courage to become strong and join as a school karate club, he was coerced into fighting a bullying upperclassman who was intent on getting him kicked out of the club. He is about to give it all up until he falls for his mysterious classmate, Mew Furinji. I have not watched this in about seven years, so I'm very sorry, but I'm going to call her Mew. In order to face this challenge, he undergoes rigorous training at the dojo he, she lives at. Rosenpaku. Oh my god, I, pro I really need to watch like a one minute synopsis to re. re. Uh, properly pronounce. Rosenpaku. There it is. Some initial training by the masters there allow him to defeat his upperclassmen. However, and I'm going to stop the synopsis there. So, the synopsis, more or less, follows the story of a kid who wants to get strong. He ends up getting in a fight with a bully, tries to get strong, 
ends up being helped by a random girl. She ends up, she actually turns out to be a freaking badass karate girl. And she trains at this massive dojo where like 20 different masters uh, actually train all the time. So she's like a level 99 ninja badass for like from the get-go. And she helps Kenichi. Kenichi is like, I want to be strong. So he goes to this uh, dojo and I think they train him to like learning like one move. Which, I'm, there's there's a reason why I'm going here for this. They train him, they, tr- they give him, they, they uh, train him this one move just to defeat this wrestler guy. He defeats this wrestler guy and I think this happens in about two episodes. What then happens becomes the most insane 48 episode series run of anime I've ever watched. Even for a shonen. It's just this guy getting thrown in, getting his butt kicked every single fight, and he's just trying to keep up in learning new skills because every opponent just wants to fight him strictly because he beat the previous person. So it all started by beating with the wrestler, like on a fluke shot, not not even like an offensive move, and then everyone just gets annoyed at him and pissed off and just wants to beat him, and it just gets more and more insane. So you you follow him as he learns like Muay Thai, Jiu-Jitsu, like weapons, training, all these different things, and it's a freaking blast. It's not like a super deep anime where you have where the characters quote unquote evolve, and there is some character development. Don't get me wrong, uh, but but Kenichi himself is the main focal point, and that's supposed to be the show is is how he's supposed to be, how he's supposed to improve. Uh, there are there are of course other side characters, and all the other martial artists are legit badasses, but uh, they only have a little bit of face time overall because again, it's not their story. They're just some uh, they're they're the other like main sideish characters that help them along and the well kind of going back to the synopsis again it's coming back in um the overall thing that i love about this show is that it you know it's it's a show that i initially started watching anime again like back like seven or eight years ago uh when i was you know, a dirty basement kid finally getting a job. I could afford Netflix again and not share the account. Uh, get to, I was finally dating my my well, back then girlfriend, but she's my wife now. And uh, she actually really liked the show. And we both decided, hey, let's just watch it on Netflix. So if it's still on Netflix, definitely recommend watching it. And 50 episodes is about, let's see, three episodes in about an hour. Let's just say five and a half, two hours. Yeah, about twenty hours. You can get a, you can probably binge it over a weekend, pretty easily. Um, no, yeah, super easy to binge over a weekend. The what else? What else do I have on my list here? The concept uniqueness is actually not anything new. Uh, the this is pretty much a typical shonen like feel. And for those of you who don't know what shonen anime is. Uh, it's just pretty much a type of... Uh, I'm bastardizing this description, so don't read me in the comments. Uh, so Shonen, more or less how I like to perceive it, is just a type of anime that's based off of a manga series that follows certain types of storylines, tropes, and mainly they're mainly focused on longer series in which people can buy into the characters. So like Dragon Ball Z, Naruto... Uh, another one that recently came out that I'm pretty sure is going to be the next big thing is Dr. Stone. Uh, but, you know, th- these types of shows that that you can start to invest in early on. And if the show picks off, then you 
I mean, at least in Japan, and if it translates to the States, it would be very easy for a show or a company to start making lots of money,、uh, considering you can get years out of good material if your writing's good. And even for certain arcs and stories, especially I recall Bleach was early a、uh, first major arc. It was about like 100 episodes long, or something like like 80 episodes long. And again, these episodes aren't generally boring if you aren't an anime person, but but that's debatable. But overall, je-、uh, I just love the intensity and the pacing of Kinichi. It's almost like a full 300 episode shonen crammed in 50 episodes. The only knock on the show, and the reason why I only have it on number 13, is there's only, like I said, 50 episodes. Had this been a full series and not a brief cutoff point at, a fi- at the 50 mark, I would be very, very, very sure this could, could have been a top five anime. Probably would be hands down like my favorite anime of all time.、Uh, this, that one just slipped through the cracks of, of not being super popular out of like, the many shonen that have been popular.、Uh, like I said, I don't get it, but even on. My anime list. It is ranked 336th with a score of 8.20. Again, it's not terrible. It's actually around the same par as like Dragon Ball, you know, some of the more popular shows that aren't as critically acclaimed but do have a lot of staying power. Its popularity is out of the top 500. So it is a not, this show is not watched very, very sparingly.、Uh, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't say that. It's not as watched compared to the top tier shows、uh, that people. Like tout. Again, very, very confused at that. Coming in at number 13, Berserk. Now, when I say Berserk, I mean the original Berserk version, not the bastardized version that I briefly watched on Netflix, was immediately turned off. And yes, I know. Joey, 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 you should watch the episode. You might actually like it. Well, I don't want to waste my time on a show that I've already heard isn't going to be that good for the new Netflix version, and I was incredibly impressed with the original version. I don't want to ruin the experience. Okay. Ranting aside, Berserk, the original version, was phenomenal. I believe I heard that I should be watching this show probably by at least a good dozen people, whether online, Twitter, or just friends. I watched Berserk about a year ago, and it was a complete binge watch for me. I sat down, turned the first episode on, and was immediately drawn into pretty much the gore, violence, and the overall, I don't know, the, the filthiness of, of the show. Me personally, I try to keep a lot of positive vibes for myself, but I already know my background. I kind of came from a Poor, poor family, and even in Vegas while I was trying to move my way up in career, you know, consulting and all that, I still didn't live in the best neighborhoods. So, and I always just had to feel for, I don't know, like the show's like It's Always Sunny, Seinfeld, Curb Your Enthusiasm, you know, it's more, not lowbrow, it's a dirt, it's like grittier, crude ish. Not very crude, but crude ish. And I find that to be more. Relatable to me because it's more self aware of it, but, but yeah, it's more or less my, my cup of joe. But since I really don't want to give a deep synopsis of this because it is a pretty thorough anime for 25 episodes, with a score of 8.47 and ranked 124th on my anime list, 
It's fairly popular, sitting at spot number 240 on the popularity rank. Which is very... I don't want to say it's very weird, considering that this anime was released in 1997. Anime was not big back then. And I'm kind of wondering if this was even released just 10 years later. 2007, it might have gained a lot more steam. Anyway, diving into the synopsis... Uh, actually, I'm going to pull a review because I don't want to give a synopsis and then a oh, dis disfunct review from someone who would go over the exact synopsis. So I'm pulling up this review from Nanotype, who talks about Berserk a little bit more in detail, way better than I could. There are three major themes that mark the series. One, medieval. Two, four. Three, philosophy. This is why I think this is such a great series. This combination of themes, which is already rare in, in anime, are very well incorporated together as a complete story. The medieval theme brings the setting of the story, creating an atmosphere where the gore and philosophy can develop together. This also sets the pace of a story based, of, based on the technological circumstances of medieval culture. The slow nature of this large-scale medieval story allows enough time to unravel the deep characters. The gore theme accents the philosophy, reinforcing characters and foreshadowing the character progressions by their behavior in battle. This is a real treat to see the behavior battle contrasting with the respective characters you watch develop, and more notably, the main protagonist. The philosophy of the theme is a major feature to the, characters, to the characterization of the main characters. The characters and their actions are defined by their varied internal philosophies, with a very distinct difference in character philosophies and a heavy story focus around them, central story events are marked by relationships between these philosophies. Again, if you watch the anime, it's more of a... Yeah, it, it's pretty much stop, uh, spot on with this analysis so far. Number 14. Naruto. Ooh boy. This is a show. I heard a lot about this show growing up. Even as a fan of Dragon Ball Z, up around middle school, my buddy, he used to show me clips of Naruto from Japan. Like, this is before the dub, even before the sub. He would just download clips from LimeWire. Show me clips of, at the time, it was Rock Lee versus Gara, Fresh out of Japan. Like, it came out that week. And, I, and that was when I was 13 or 15. That was about 20 years ago. Now, I'm going to pull this up on my anime list. And I'm very curious to see where the people have ranked Naruto as opposed to me. So Naruto, the series as a whole, is a 7.92. And that leaves it ranked for number 686. Now, there's a reason for that. I don't think I'm that far off base. I'm ranking this number 15. Uh, and I can, I'll explain that in a second. Uh, the big number here is the popularity. This is the ninth most popular anime. So again, even though this has a score of a 7.92 and it is quote-unquote not critically acclaimed compared to other uh, deeper, I guess, anime, I would say, uh, for a shonen anime, it's overall storylines, characters, and all that fun jazz that makes an anime great, um, or, or at least cool to watch, uh, has has shown and it was probably like the third or fourth real mainstream anime that did make it to like the states i would say back then so aside from the initial story of watching it in middle school i 
decided to watch Naruto again, uh, I think around in college, after catching a few episodes on Cartoon Network after it became, like, the dub version. And the first, like, eight episodes blew my mind. And the biggest reasons why I think I am rating Naruto uh, probably a little bit higher compared to most people is the first episode, I would say the first episode of the series is probably probably my first episode one of anything, if I recall it. Um, and I don't want to explain it. If you have not watched Naruto, I'm a big fan of underdog stories, and, the, and I don't care what people complain about later on in the um, second series or whatever. Like, when you, when you watch it in real time, at that moment, like, put yourself in that position of a 13-year-old kid who doesn't know what this show is watching Gerudo that sees all these ridiculous kids fighting all these awesome ninja moves it's the greatest thing ever and you follow his story over the years and for me that first episode of him just failing like the worst kid no one likes him he has nothing going for him and he has been dealing with that for years and he strictly only believed in himself until someone actually gave him a chance and that's pretty much where the anime starts off, which to me is super awesome. And the reason why everyone mainly hates Naruto is because he is, um, there was a big fox-tail beast, nine-tailed nine beast that attacked a village, murdered a lot of people, and in order to save the village, the previous badass fourth Okage uh, locked the soul of the uh, nine-tailed beast into Naruto. And by uh, association, most people associate Naruto um, as like the symbol of, you know, the death, you know, you know, of the bad stuff that goes on, and and you know he's made a mission to um, say f you all. I'm just going to become the Hokage so everyone can respect me. And that was literally, you know, he's like at, when it, when the show starts, I think he's like 12. So obviously his logic isn't that deep but his his mindset is hey i'm just going to prove you wrong and his uh his unique style of being a trickster prankster has kind of labeled him as a very unpredictable and very energetic type of ninja so he's generally often not really the strongest but sometimes either either a little bit more clever than his opponents or he's just good at uh just tricking his opponents or it's what other people like to call uh talk nujitsu where he can inspire an amazing speech to turn the uh, potential enemy into a friend. Very, very good trait in real life to have, too, if you have that ability. So, yeah, that's that was my quick Rudo thing, uh, spiel. I wasn't even planning on talking about that, but I kind of went off on a tangent. But I'm sure you guys will are enjoying it, or sleeping. Or maybe you woke up after hearing the name of Naruto. But, Aside from Naruto, yeah, like the time and place of like when I actually watched it and and watched it like in real time over the years, uh, at the time the artistic style was pretty decent. It wasn't like the newest, but it wasn't terrible. It did the job. The fight scenes earlier on uh, in some of the earlier battles, especially in the first eight episodes, and I can't stress that enough. That those were like the most compelling earlier episodes of showing how terrible like people are like Naruto was a freaking joke I don't think people actually realize like like we watched the anime as a whole he was a freaking bum he was just a hyperactive ninja 
who just said things, and then when push came to shove, you like nearly wet his pants. And when the for- when danger first came, so like the growth of him being like a complete schmuck over that time to becoming a real badass, it's very relatable to a lot of people. And even most anime don't really even dive into that. You know, they might just show someone getting beat up uh, or you know getting roughhouse, but like it doesn't really go through like like what they're thinking in, in real time or like how their worlds are collapsing when bad stuff happens um you know when they're starting out so for me like that is very relatable and uh, i actually find that inspiring too because it's not like these it's not like these writers are just writing made-up stories it's not you know these writers also believe that they can be writing awesome tales creating stories influencing people down the road and they believe that and they created these types of comics and they're literally preaching the words that, the, that they've done so it's not like you know yeah you can't become a freaking badass ninja leg- you know legitimate ninja like on the show but for most things that are real uh, it, it is proven you put in the effort persistence and just go a little bit farther where compared to what the average person would and you will start seeing results okay enough of the positivity la da like conversational motivational speak I want to get back to my anime list number 15 Black Lagoon I don't think many people have watched this show and it seemed to be one of those seasonal anime that people really liked just for that one off moment but never really gained a lot of traction I don't really know why uh there's only 12 episodes apparently in Black Lagoon. I actually could have swore there were more. And I think there were actually two seasons, but I could be wrong. But what I have on my anime list here shows that there are only 12 episodes of the show. And with a rank of a rating score of 2.12, sorry, 8.12, and a rank of 421 on my anime list, completely different than where I have it as number 15. Uh, it is a fairly popular anime at 103, which puts it on par with, like, Dragon Ball, of, of, of uh, what I ranked it earlier. And I guess, you know, in putting it in that context, it, is, it isn't as egregious, but the, popular, but the ranking score is a little bit lower. And I can get why. So maybe the synopsis itself might explain the score itself. With Thailand in... Oh, sorry. Within Thailand is Ronapur. Ronapur? Roanapur. There it is. Ranapur. Within Thailand is Ranapur, a depraved, crime-ridden city where not even the authorities or churches are untouched by the claws of corruption. Haven for convicts and degenerates alike. Ooh. Degens, not convicts. The city is notorious for being the center of illegal activities and operations, often fueled by local crime syndicates. So, that's just a little bit. So you're already in a you're already dealing with a society that's a little bit scumbaggery. And I'm not gonna lie, Vegas. There is some shady stuff that stuff that goes on there, but it reminds me of Vegas, and I like that. I love feeling like a little bit dirty at times. Like you know, as long as it's harmless. Back to the synopsis. Enter. Rokuru, last name is Japanese, I'm not going to try it. Enter Rokuru, an average Japanese businessman who has been living a dull and monotonous life. When he finally gets a chance for a change of pace with a delivery trip to Southeast Asia, his business trip swiftly goes downhill as Rokuru is captured by a mercenary group operating in 
whatever called the Black Lagoon. The group plans to use him as a bargaining chip in negotiations, which ultimately failed. Now abandoned and betrayed by his former employer, Rokuru decides to join Black Lagoon. So, again, so some Japanese businessmen pulled up, taken by hostage by a bunch of these uh, scumbags, more or less, and he ends up liking them. He ends up deciding, why am I looking out for a company that doesn't trust me, and these people, despite them being criminals, they kind of go on their own, they do what they want, they almost have their own free will, and he takes a liking to it, so... Uh, he decides in order for himself to survive, he wants to adapt to his new environment and actually wants to join his crew. Essentially, at that point, you follow follow like the daily life of this guy. And while each episode is more or less like a one-off type show, I don't want to say that. It's, it's a series, but it it just brings a very interesting take on a show where you have a very clean-cut guy in a world full of scumbags. And, uh, I don't know, it, it, for me, it's... The angle itself is great. The content is great. The characters, to how they either evolve or... I don't want to say evolve. They don't, they don't evolve at all. But just learning and understanding how each character ticks is probably the most interesting part of the show. Uh, every character that actually has some face time often has a story or something really cool that that you get to know that you know that kind of um, brings them to why they actually showed up in uh, you know Rhinopur. And I think that's all I have for this one. I don't want to dive too much more. I just put this show pretty high mainly because I was super hyped when I watched it. There's a lot of guns, violence, and just uh, it's you know it's not, certainly not a show that um, is for the kids. But at the end of the day. Uh, it's a show where you can witness like the main guy struggle to keep like his values and philosophies intact while he slowly turns from upstanding businessman into more of a ruthless mercenary. It's almost like a mini Breaking Bad, but not to the extreme. You can only have 12 episodes of 20 minutes long. You, know, you can only progress so much. Still, great show. Highly recommend it. Number 16. Furry Curry. Or Fooly Cooly. Or... It's what most people like to call it, FLCL. I am pretty sure most of you have heard of this at some capacity if you are around my age. Let's just say if you're a millennial that happens to watch Adult Swim, or might have spent a lot of time watching cartoons at night at some capacity, you might have heard of the show. It's a one-off, they call it OVA, 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 and I'm not going to dive too much into what that means because that requires me to look it up. And I, all I know is that OVAs are generally one-off series that are meant to either make people, it's mainly for entertainment purposes. So, FLCL, Fooly Cooly, I'm just going to call it that moving forward. Fooly Cooly is, is primarily about the growing pains of an of a awkward middle schooler the synopsis given on my anime list, I'm going to stick with that. Naota Ned Abba, Naota, I'm going to call him that, is an ordinary sixth grader living in a city where nothing amazing, where nothing amazing ever seems to happen. After his brother Takasu leaves town to play baseball in America, Naota takes it upon himself to look after everything Takatsu left behind, from his top bunk bed to his ex-girlfriend, Mamimi Sakadabula. 
who hasn't stopped clinging to, to uh, Noata ever since Takatsu left, or Tasuki left. No. Little does Naoto know, however, that his mundane existence is on the verge of being changed forever. Enter Haroku Horuhara, a Vespa-riding, bass guitar-wheeling, pink-haired sociopath whose first encounter with Naoto leaves him with tire tracks on his back and a giant horn on his head. So all he wants is some peace and quiet. When Horuko takes up residence in his parents' house, Naoto finds himself dragged into the heart of the greatest battle of of the greatest battle for supremacy that Earth, and quite possibly the universe, has ever seen. This is a six-episode series, and won numerous rewards. And at one point, was the like talk of the anime town. It's just if you heard it, like if you didn't know what FLCOL was back then, or you know if you at least watch anime, uh, then you weren't an, you weren't an anime fan back in the day. I watched this series when it was initially released back in 2000, 2001, which, if you're doing the math, around 2000, 2001 is when I would have been entering high school, which is the perfect time to get all those teenage feelings, you know, all those awkward feelings about what is life, what do I do, how do I approach this, so many questions, what are the answers, and this show... I watched it a little bit later, not about maybe about a year after it came out, uh, but uh, it really did strike home to me, especially like throughout college about learning life and all that fun jazz. Of course, a lot of people can figure that stuff out, figure that stuff out on your own, but I just think the ridiculousness of the show and them just not caring, I, like I don't know how or what's going on in like these creators' mind, but this is just a wild ride of a show. Uh, it's more or less going back to the synopsis. You know, the kid that has little hair that has a little horn that goes out of his head. It turns out it's a robot. It, like a robot goes out of his head, he can pull it in his head. It's just super weird, and the kid's super weirded out by it. So, uh, yeah, like I said, it's just super random. Uh, looking at a particular review that I found really interesting starts off as this. FLCL is as close to a piece of literature as you're ever going to see with an anime series. As fast-paced as it may be, the story beautifully presents a theme of growing into maturity and accompanies it with stunning visuals I have yet to see surpassed. Many comments have been made on how the plot is very difficult to follow due to its speed, and also because of all the symbols, motifs, and dialogue that doesn't reveal its meaning until the very end. Never as an anime have seen fall characters like Emero and Ninomori played in such a beautiful literally, uh, literary supplement to the main character, Nyota's journey into adulthood. To me, the series has a perfect balance of seriousness and humor. It makes you laugh. It makes you think. It pumps you up. Its, aesthetic, its aesthetics impress you. It tells an eloquent story with a great mixture of science fiction and real life. If it, it does everything a good story should do, Add in a mixture of a sound check, comprised comparatively entirely of music of the pillows, and you have yourself an incredible piece of film work. I highly recommend watching the series multiple times. It's short enough for sure, and it's about the length of a movie altogether. I'm going to stop that review right there. I'm going to say, yes, this is a highly rewatchable, repeatable anime due to its short length. The amount of stuff that goes on, and I just call it stuff because there's you can't really describe anything else. You can say things, 
you can't even say it's plot. There's just stuff that just gets thrown in and nonsense. And it all makes sense. It's just hard to describe. Back to the review. Each time I watch it, I start to pick up more subtleties. Subtleties. Like pieces of foreshadowing dialogue, thematic development between characters and their foils, and witty humor. The director's commentary is also extremely insightful to the themes of the story, and I would definitely spend time watching that as well. More importantly, I can't stress enough not to be quick to judge this work. If you don't understand everything, and you undoubtedly won't after the first viewing, it certainly does not mean FLC is quote-unquote random or pointless or plotless. In my opinion, it's well worth a second or third watch in order to pack up as much as you can. I can't sing enough praise about Kulikuli. It holds a, he- a dear place in my heart, and I hope everyone reads this can find great enjoyment in it as well. I think that is the perfect embodiment of review for this show. Now, I don't think I've actually went over the score rankings and whatnot. And on my anime list, which, to be fair, is a massive data, like it is a legit database. You go on my anime list if you want to know anything about any anime, whatever. I actually recommend it. Like, I this is my first time actually creating a list as opposed to just using tabs in my list from Netflix. And well, I'm not gonna lie, I'm definitely gonna be using this more frequently because I watch anime and I watch a lot of other things too. But I don't know, anime is just something different to keep track of. It's hard to explain. That's just me. Anyway, the score for this series is at 8.06, which is below Dragon Ball, some of the other ones that uh, have been critically acclaimed, but I actually think there are other shows that, I don't know, I actually think the show the, the rating is a little bit too low. Like, it's barely ranked in the top 500 at 497, despite its popularity being 132, which is, again, very weird considering that this was a incredibly highly touted and it's not like it's an anime that vanished off the face of the earth there i think there is a new kuli kuli that's coming out i think in 2019 or it has been released and looking at the accolades that it's won it's won third place for best animation film at the fantasia festival in 20 2003 in 2007, the anime got a nomination for Best Cast and won the Best Comedy Series and Best Short Series at the American Anime Awards show. And depending on how much weight you put into those awards, the point is, this actually did get a lot of notoriety. Uh, and I really recommend it. If you haven't watched it, you got two hours, watch it. Don't watch it now if you're trying to go to sleep, because that defeats the purpose. Go to sleep, and then watch it. 